What's up, Internet? You're tuned into episode 43 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by Mr. DJ The Content Lewis. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show, DJ. Thank you. And joining us today, a very special guest, Mr. Luis Am- Alamia. Got it. Did I get it right? Uh, yeah, you got it right. Hi, everyone. I'm, uh, I'm new here. <laughs> nice to see everyone. Or nice to hear everyone. Welcome to the show, Luis. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. So, real quick, uh, if any of our listeners are not familiar with you and what you do, why don't you just real quick, you know, plug your stuff, tell people about your, you know, your content, all that kind of good stuff. Hi, uh, my name is Luis Olamia. I make YouTube videos on youtube.com slash LuisGVN, L-U-I-S-GVN. Uh, I do video game reviews on pretty much every modern platform, uh, PS4, Xbox One, PC, Switch. If something is coming out this week, chances are I'm probably doing a review for it. So if you need any recommendations on games, you can hit me up. Very cool. Uh, so we we got connected because of your appearance on uh, Fanatics 4, which is uh, another show that we're, we're friends with those guys as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that we were able to connect and get you on the show so soon after we, uh, we first talked. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Every, a lot of my viewers were like surprised how quickly that turnaround was. <laughs> and it's it's particularly great because you have some like very specific insight on several of the topics we're talking about this week. So I'm really glad that you're joining us this week. It's basically a perfect match. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to kick the show off the way we sometimes do by talking about what we're playing this week. Luis, since you're our guest, what have you been playing on your Nintendo Switch this week? Uh, so, so I had to do a Switch Lite review, and so I kind of went back and played a lot of the year one games, so like Odyssey, Mario Kart, Breath of the Wild. As as of recent stuff, I guess I've been playing Trine 4, because I'm trying to get my review out of that, but uh, the Switch Lite kind of kept me busy this week. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty fun so far. Um, it's If you play Trine 3 and 2, it's more like 2 than 3, and I think that's a good thing. 3 kind of took it to a 3D platformer sort of way, and I wasn't too into it. Uh, 2 and 4 are more into the 2D plane, I think they really nail it with that uh with that genre so thoughts on that to come soon i guess awesome yeah so definitely go uh keep your eyes peeling on uh Luis's youtube channel for that review i i think pixel said last week on the show that he's a big trine guy so um i don't know if he had said he had played trine before though so maybe maybe he'll have to keep his eyes peeled for that <laughs> i am curious Luis. Because you crank out a lot of reviews, do you find yourself kind of having the ability to take as much time as you would like with a lot of these games? Or do you find yourself kind of, um, I don't want to say rushing through, but just kind of like getting it so you can get the content out while it's relevant? Um, I guess it depends on the game. Like when Dragon Quest came out, that took up so much of my time. I think the embargo for that was like Friday or Thursday and my review came out Sunday or Monday. So I mean, like with, with that game... Of course, like I missed Embargo. Uh, it's a lengthy game. It's take up way more of my time to beat. Uh, I guess it kind of just depends on like when I get the game, if I get it early, if I get it at launch, uh, am I buying the game or am I getting a review copy, how long it is. But yeah, I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll find myself rushing if I like am that far back. Like with Dragon Quest, I feel like I, I was trying to rush, but it's very hard to rush a JRPG yeah. at that point. Yeah. Uh, and then the game before I, that, I was covering Nino Kuni, which is another like 40-ish hour JRPG. So it was like JRPG, JRPG. But uh, I think as a game reviewer, you uh, your thought process when playing games for work compared to just like leisurely fun changes. I don't think it makes it worse though. I think my just growing up and playing games, uh, this switched something to... from like. I guess my thought process is like, yes, I need to make content for it, but I'm not. That's not keeping me from enjoying the game as I as I would when I wasn't reviewing. So yeah, yeah, that's good. 
So let me ask you this. What is like what is your kind of like personal rule in terms of how much of a game you need to play before you review it? Do you always like just roll credits? Do you try to like go for like almost a completionist kind of run? Like mm. where do you kind of fall on that spectrum? In general, I think you should I mean, let's say you're playing The Last of Us, just it's a really old game. You should beat the campaign, play a little bit of the multiplayer. Uh if there's DLC that's really essential essential to the game, then maybe play that too. But the gist of it is beat the campaign and try to play at least a little bit of everything that's like multiplayer not something that you can technically complete uh if it's something like absurdly long like a service game i think that's a bit more difficult i think you should probably beat the game and then put in like a little bit of extra time into the like post-game content but mm. i mean if you're reviewing destiny 2 the day it comes out like i don't expect you to <laughs> to be playing like for so many months and then put out your review you know, it's like a middle ground. People want the review within the time the game comes out. Yeah. But you still need to put in some work and beat the whole thing. Yeah. So how how many hours would you say you play games a day then? A lot. I think uh I think anyone <laughs> I think anyone that knows me pretty well knows that I don't sleep a lot. Uh and that's basically because of my job. But I mean I'd be lying if I said if I said I didn't enjoy it. I think it's a great job, it's a great gig. And it's something I look forward to all the time. Like, and as of recently, I just graduated university, so I have a day job aside from this. But, uh, I mean, I come home from my quote-unquote day job and then just get back to work on playing games or writing or something. Yeah, These that's the games awesome. are always on my mind. Yeah. Uh, it's good to really, like, keep that sort of balance. You don't want it to, you know, not be enjoyable. I think that's, like, a nightmare. Like, uh, just the, something that I dread. You know, you're so involved in games that you don't want to get to that point where you, like, don't enjoy them anymore. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have my, my moments where I'm reviewing something or I'm playing something for a review and I already know like two hours into it. I'm like, yeah, I don't like this game. But I'm like, there's another 10 hours to go and I'm kind of going to need to power through it. Yeah, you got to grind through. Yeah. yeah, that is the worst feeling in the world. Um, I I haven't written a review for Loot Pots now in quite some time because... Mm. When we first started doing reviews, I think I, I did a few in a row uh, that were all from this um, Chinese publisher, Coconut Island Games. And they just do these really bad ports of already not super great games, mm. like to Switch. And I, every time I would play one of them, I'd get in like an hour or two and be like, oof, like this is this is rough and I'm not enjoying this. And it's like, but I need to stick it out and get through this entire thing before I can like really put down my flag on it. And God, that is, that can be tough. That can be really tough. I remember reading some of your scathing reviews. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause like, Oh my gosh. Like I, I want, like I always go into every game wanting to like it. Right. Like I, I I'm not a, a super cynical person, you know, when it comes to reviewing, like I want to look at it, with, you know, as objectively as I can, obviously mm. you can't account for personal taste and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm not looking to go in and, like, tear a game down. So, like, uh, there was one game I remember I reviewed that uh, Shio, which was one of their games that I, in the beginning, I was like, oh, this has lots of cool ideas. Like, I'm excited to see where this goes. And by the end of it, I was like, oh, I hate this. Like, this game yeah. way overstayed its welcome. And I, I like, like if you read that review, I gave it a really low score, but I'm like, ah, it's, like, so close. It has all these cool things going for it, and it just fails to capitalize on them. Yeah, I think that's what's good, though, like, about the team environment, like, Loot Pots, is mm. if there's a game that needs to be reviewed and it's a platformer, you kind of have people that have the platforming taste. Whereas with sure. you, Luis, it's like you're 
you're the one you know you're the guy yeah, who's playing everything <laughs> no i definitely feel like there's some people that will request me to cover like uh, a really pc heavy rts game and that's not really my genre or like a sports game i think i've only ever reviewed one sports game on my channel but people are like are you gonna review nba and i'm like eh, it's like it's not really my thing like i'll play it but like i i want to mention it in the review hey i don't buy every you know year yearly release of this series like this is just me trying it out and this is my thoughts on it so i try to be as transparent with my audience as possible too so do you edit all your own videos as well yeah so i guess my process my process of it is i try to record at least like the first 10 hours of a game uh because i i got like really early requests like hey don't use like middle or end game uh, content because you might spoil something in the review so if you watch most of my reviews most of my video stuff is like the first quarter if if i can it depends on unless i mention something specifically in the middle of the game uh but i write out the review which ends up being like 1500 to 2000 words and then turn that into a five to ten minute video man that's brutal you're a machine <laughs> yeah props man <laughs> respect the game uh so dj what have you been playing this week yeah, so not not as exciting, but uh, I have actually, similarly to Luis, um, got my hands on a Switch Lite. So I started to pick up Mario Maker 2 again, and mm-hmm. a little bit of Rocket League. Uh, the reason why I went back to Mario Maker 2 was I wanted to try out, not the new update, actually. Well, obviously, I tried the <laughs> new update. I had mm-hmm. to update. But um, I wanted to see like how the online kind of changed, to see if it kind of like leveled out a little bit, see if it's a little better. And I have to say, personally... It seems like it got a little better. I don't know if like Nintendo did anything or, you know, kind of the load on the game or whatever kind of leveled out, but it's a lot more enjoyable as far as the online co-op and versus. It's good to hear. That was my major complaints with the game. Yeah. Yeah, ours too. How much did you play of it before the patch? Or the update? Uh, 20 hours? Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that it's, like, improved. Because that was something I never I never even, like, have tried yet. Because I heard it was so bad. And it's like, ah, alright, well, I don't need to jump into that. So, it'll be nice to go and check it out now that all the kinks are worked out. Yeah, assuming so. Um, obviously, if you have, like, trash internet, you know, your your results might vary. But, um, I, I you know, it was like, two out of three games would be horrible. Like, one frame a second. Um, just terrible. Now it's like you know, one third are bad. Um, mm. And that's actually a little high. I think it was like less than that, maybe like one out of four or five. So very, very good to, to kind of see that. It's a lot more did, fun that way too. Did you try making any levels with the Switch Lite? Because I didn't play Mario Maker 2 on Switch Lite, but I'm curious to see if like the smaller screen display made it more difficult by chance to make levels in it. Yeah, I, I jumped in. I haven't uploaded anything, but I like played around with the Maker a little bit. Um, mm. You know, I didn't. I don't really notice a difference. As far as like the screen, the smaller screen or anything, uh, but I have to say it's way more comfortable to hold the Switch Lite, so it just oh, I definitely makes agree it, with that one. Yeah, like it, it makes it way more comfortable to like sit and you know just control. Like I'm holding up my hands right now, I can't see that, but um, yeah. So it, it made like the whole game a little bit more pleasant to play between the online seemingly getting better and the more comfortable Switch making Maker and even playing a lot better too. Yeah, I've been showing my life to my roommate who has, has an original Switch and he's like tempted to get one now when he literally did not care about the thing like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to get my hands on yours so I can uh, get a feel for it, DJ. Yeah, man. I keep I keep seeing it when I'm like out at, you know, like Target or whatever. And I'm like every time I'm so shocked by how small the box is. Oh, yeah. It's like super, super small. I didn't even expect it to be that small. Like, and it makes you wonder 
like the regular Switch probably doesn't have to have as big of a box as it does. I guess it's most of that dock. I guess, yeah, it has to be the dock, but, you know, even even then, it's like, okay, it's not, like, that big. Mm. So, I don't know. Just, you know, just an opinion, I guess. <laughs> oh, I see you got the blue color, too. That's the, that's the right color. I'm happy. Yeah. yeah, you know, it was between that and yellow, so... Yeah, I was uh where where I went to go pick it up. The guy in the store was like, "Yeah, no one pick- is picking up the gray model. Like, no one at all." I was like, "Yeah, it feels bad." That's the one we need to watch for going down the line, though. I'm telling you that that one's gonna be like rare or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Like the the yellow and the blue are so nice. I don't know why you would pick up the gray. You know? Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't do a red color, especially with the rebranding of the original Switch getting that red box. You yeah, but I'm sure we'll see like some special editions later. Yeah, that would be cool. You know what I would love to see is if they would give us a special edition that's that, like, classic Game Boy Advance GameCube purple. Yeah, that'd be cool. Atomic purple. I would yeah. want that, too, on, the, like, the N64 controllers. Yeah, that would be so nice. Oof. God, I, I want a Switch Lite so bad for no reason. <laughs> I mean, you got, that, you got that Pokemon edition coming out soon, too. Yeah, yeah, DJ actually has two of those pre-ordered. <laughs> Guys, I have an announcement to make. I canceled my Amazon Japan pre-order. Oh, no. So only have one <laughs> I only have one pre-order. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's it's oh a great God. device. I mean, I wasn't expecting to get one, and then my original Switch started to fail on me, like the fans started to give out. So then I bought a tablet, a replacement tablet off eBay, mm-hmm. replaced the original Switch, uh, and then I sold that, or I traded in that Switch to GameStop, and then with the credit I had, I had enough for a Switch Lite, so I ended up oh, just nice. getting a Switch Lite. That's, like, how I ended up with the Lite. Then my viewers were like, well, you have to review it, review it now, and I was like, okay. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into that, and I, I, I really am curious to, like, hear your thoughts. Is that your only Switch now? No, I have a, okay, an original. Okay. I have a V1 Switch, uh, okay. not the not the rebranded one, and then the Lite. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was going to say that must be, like, that. I guess you'd have to have one, because otherwise you couldn't capture footage. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. I was tempted to get that V2. I was like, mm, I don't want to spend that much right now. True. Yeah, it, it doesn't doesn't seem worth it to me for, like, the level of upgrade that it is. Mm. I mean, if you haven't bought one, it's a great, it's a great uh, option. Yeah, absolutely. If I was getting a new one, I'd certainly look for the <laughs> that one with that little battery boost and everything, but, like, I'm fine with my my unit for now like i'd rather wait for a uh like a beefed up model that'll yeah. eventually hold out for that pro mod yeah yeah for sure uh so as for me i played a little bit more zelda Link's awakening i had to end up taking a bit of a break from it um just because i did new york comic-con last weekend um with my other group the comics pals which you should go check mm. out i tweeted a bunch about it and all that stuff so if you want to go check out what i did go check it out um so i was away from my switch for quite some time and when i did come back i was like so beat that I mostly just focused on playing uh, Untitled Goose Game. That's a great time. Finally beat it. It's uh, yeah, yeah. That game is an insane amount of fun, and uh, I, 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 yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough. Honestly, like I think particularly, you know, I, I think that that launch window sale is over now. But I, like, I got it for such an insane deal, and I had an absolute wonderful time with it you know it it was a really charming game and like i went into it expecting it to be you know mostly just kind of like a meme factory Mm. based on like the trailers we had seen and everything but there 
it's a pretty clever game. You know, like the the art is really nice, the music is beautiful, and uh, I love a good dynamic soundtrack, and it has a really good one. And um, some of the like puzzles and and the stealth stuff like in the later levels at least hmm. is like more challenging than i would have expected you know it's never like anything too crazy but there's some really like creative things that you can do in that system and uh yeah i i had a blast with it i i really hope that its popularity leads to it getting some dlc because i would love a, a few more levels oh yeah, yeah. it's slayed it's slayed on the charts I would love to see it like take on like historical events, like a presidential like inauguration <laughs> or something, and just be the duck there. Like I feel like it'd be so great to just have it in historical points and just mess around as the duck. I think it'd be That's great. hilarious. Oh my god, I said duck. I said I meant goose. Before <laughs> before anyone starts commenting. Yeah, I was I was like gonna correct you so that people in the comments didn't, but I was like, I don't want to be that jerk. <laughs> yeah, he'll never come back. Luis is done. See you later. <laughs> I swear I played it. I swear I played it. <laughs> but have you guys seen all of the uh, like the memes and the photoshops and everything that have been coming out of people just putting the the goose in like random situations like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I love all the memes. I love all the. There's one I saw recently. It's like I can be your angel. I can be your devil. It's like the goose with the knife. <laughs> I love it so much. And like just after the game's release, there was like um, a lot of news. Uh, I I think they were real. I they might not be, but it was like oh goose, uh, like a real goose, um, like breaks in oh, a window or something. And it's yeah. like oh no, this, yeah, this is the overlap we've been fearing. <laughs> I think uh, my favorites have been there's been a, a ton on like um, our Fire Emblem and stuff of people mm. like photoshopping the goose into Fire Emblem situations or putting Fire Emblem characters into like the duck game. Uh, duck game. That is also wow. a great game. But Untitled Goose Game art <laughs> style. And those have been absolutely killing me. <laughs> That's great. That's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't recommend the game more highly. Uh, if you haven't checked it out and you were interested in it, definitely check it out you know even if you wait for a sale it's definitely one to like keep on your radar all right so uh before we move into the news i'm gonna let you guys know where you can find our show all around the web and how you can show your support so if you want to uh, help us out you can give us a like on your audio platform of choice and if we're not on your favorite you know podcast service let us know and we will absolutely get there if you want to get the rest of our content you can visit us at loopots.com where we've got news reviews all that kind of stuff uh, all focused on Nintendo, obviously. We're also on YouTube, youtube.com slash loopots, and uh, twitch.tv slash loopots. So there's plenty of places where you can find us and uh, connect with the stuff that we're doing. Speaking of connecting with us, one of the best ways of doing that is going and joining our Discord, uh, where we've got a burgeoning little community of potsheads uh, that are there talking about Nintendo stuff every single day. And uh, we're always in the chat. So if you want to come connect with us, talk about what games you're playing or whatever else, maybe get your questions right on the air like some of them will this episode, uh, make sure you go and join the community. And last but not least, if you really want to go above and beyond by showing your support, you can head over to patreon.com slash and show us your support. If you get us at the $5 level uh, or above, you will be get access to our patron-exclusive show, After Dark, where we talk about uh, anything that's not Nintendo. Um, so most recently... Um, a lot, of, a lot of personal stuff. So if you want to get to know uh, me and DJ and the other uh, people on the Loot Pots team a little bit better, that is a great way to do so. All right. So a bunch of uh, people have hit us up in a number of ways, including by hitting me up at pete at loopots.com with some questions. 
uh, for the gang here this week. So let's start over on Twitter. Uh, our first question comes from our own Max Wright. Uh, so he wrote in and said, hey, Luis, Pete, and DJ, minor fan. What's better, Crash or Spyro? Choose wisely. <laughs> mm. Am I going first? Who's going first? Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, to, go, you go first, Luis. You're the <laughs> I guest. have to go we'll first? On the spot. <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> I know, you know what? No, on this one, you're the guest, so we'll let you go last. I think that's fair. Okay. So, despite the fact that this has become uh, a point of contention between Max and I, I will say I actually prefer Spyro to Crash, though I like them both. You know, I think the whole Crash, like, taking the 2D kind of complete the level and throw it in the 3D perspective, that's great, um, but there are definitely some rough edges that come along with that, whereas when it comes to just kind of the more open, like, collect-a-thon 3D platformer, Spyro is my favorite example of mm. that. Um, and I always gravitated more to the characters and the settings a little bit um especially the music so uh shout out to spyro for me what about you dj yeah i agree with you i you know it really just comes down to what you know was more nostalgic for me and it was just spyro honestly i haven't played spyro in years i own um some spyro games on the ps1 uh and, and maybe i'll go back and play them thank you max Did you pick up the collection <laughs> no no i didn't um of you either should. game or the Insane Trilogy didn't get it. Um, the Spyro didn't get it. But uh, maybe it's someday, yeah. I think you can buy both it. of them in a bundle now. If I yeah. Correctly. Oh, can you? Oh. I don't I don't know if that's a thing on Switch, but I'm pretty sure I saw it on PS4. You're definitely right about PS4. I'm not sure about Switch. But yeah, you can get like a dual pack now for like pretty cheap. Yeah, that yeah. would be the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's like six games. It's uh, a <laughs> yeah. pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah. If only I had a PS4. You know, sell sell your pre order for that Pokemon Switch. <laughs> you know what? You're kind of right, man. Like, of all the things I pre ordered, I could certainly get a PS4. <laughs> Hit up Amazon support. Ask for your pre order back. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> uh, I would go Spyro as well. I didn't think this would all be a one sided. Wow. Yeah. You're um, like, I've got the hot take. I want to go thought, last. I thought everyone wanted to go crash. Uh, I prefer the sandbox design of Spyro, and I think just to collect them, uh, gameplay is more entertaining to me than Crash. Also, like, feel like I'm significantly worse at Crash than I am Spyro. Uh, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So definitely Spyro. Also, that's the one I recently played. Uh, I played it twice, or played it like one and a half times. I played it through PS4, and then I had to replay part of it on Switch. That's a lot of Spyro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then Max said, but also, other than Hovel Knight, King of Cars, which is of oh. course him, him making fun of Shovel Knight. Uh, <laughs> what do you see releasing in December that hasn't been announced yet to capitalize on what will surely be a huge holiday season for the Switch? So what games do we think might come out in December that could capitalize on the, you know, boom that Nintendo is sure to see this holiday season with the uh, the Switch Lite? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. Do you think that they would just leave it open for, like, obviously Shovel Knight, but, like, just have Pokemon full, you know, full breathing fresh air through november and december and then just get into 2020 yeah i mean that's kind of where i think i'm landing on it i don't think that there's going to be a big game that gets revealed between now and then because i just have such a hard time thinking that there's a kind of like marquee title that Mm. is coming out that we haven't heard about in october you know that that seems a little it just seems unlikely to me and i think like when you look at this you would think and when you look at this fall, there is already a lot, mm-hmm. um, like specifically Pokemon, that is going to move units anyway. 
So then it comes out a few weeks before the holiday season. Like, what's the release date on Pokemon? The fifteenth? I want to say like two weeks, right? Two weeks into November. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, think I think it's, it's like seventeenth. What is it? Let's see. I have, oh, it's November fifteenth. So that's you know, in America, that's two weeks before Black Friday. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to a PR person that works at Nintendo uh, about like a week and a half ago about like all the games that were coming out this year because it's hard to keep up with everything. Uh, and they they mentioned that the general strategy with Nintendo was to have their big marquee game out by Black Friday for that shopping season. So, I mean, that's Pokemon this year. I don't really see them putting out anything else. I think when we were talking, we said the exception was like Smash Brothers. I think Smash Wii U came out in early December, and then Smash Ultimate came out whenever the Game Awards was, which was also the first week of December. I think it was December like seventh. Yeah, so that's like the one, yeah. the one exception. But also, it's because it's Smash Brothers, and it's always going to get attention regardless. Uh, I have a guess what could come out in December. I guess uh, I would think Pikmin Three Port because I distinctly remember there being like some sort of Christmas DLC just for that game mm-hmm. on the Wii U. So I'm like maybe. That's like a it's big like a shadow reach. drop. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, Pixel Par's heart is like about to leap out of his chest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, please, finally! <laughs> I feel like that could be a big enough game where they make an announcement about it, but it would be like a small enough series or IP that they could do a shadow drop. Be like, hey, this, you know, the classic that you probably missed out on Wii U. You know, it's out now, and you know, Bingo Battle on that. It's pretty good. You know, I, I would play that again. Yeah, I th- I think that's probably a good call, and I think something like a remaster of a wii u game like makes Mm. a lot of sense to release with like less fanfare because you got to imagine there's there's at least one more nintendo direct before black friday they could easily announce that then maybe that's the december thing but i uh, i definitely would say that i agree with what you're kind of putting down based on that conversation you had with that pr person where Mm. i don't think that nintendo looks at having a december game as a thing they need to do i think they've just happened to have one you know in recent memory so people are asking, where is the December game? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think off the top of my head, the only December Nintendo games were like Smash Brothers and Xenoblade, but Xenoblade takes forever to be made. So I think that's more like right. a development thing than like a, we plan it to be a Christmas game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It probably just got pushed and they didn't want to let it get into the next year because they have other games in the early part of the year that they're counting on. And if they mm. don't put it out this fiscal year, that becomes a whole problem. Like Exactly. Yeah, and that's what kind of happens, right? Where like we got so used to having December games these past two years, and now you know if we don't get one, it's like, well, where is it at? <laughs> you know, so you, you know you're you're darned if you do, darned if you don't. It's kind of how it is. My answer is just go pick up Shovel Knight because yeah, just Shovel get Shovel Knight. Best. Exactly, just pick it up. <laughs> All right, so uh, these next couple questions came from uh, the squad over on Discord. So, um, again, go join our Discord community if you want to uh, chat and, you know, connect and get your questions uh, right on the air. All right, so this one comes from Fowlers, who's a uh, regular listener of the show, and wrote it and said, Will we see another Zelda remaster? Have you heard any news on the rumored GTA 3 remaster for Switch? So two questions there. What do, will we see another Zelda remaster? Yeah. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Link's Crossbar training definitely coming to Switch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would play it. <laughs> Show me that Joy-Con, you know, IR yeah, sensor. Crossbow. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> or the ring fit, you know, thing. Use that as a bow, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure that we're going to see it eventually. I would, I think it'd be interesting to see, like, something like the, uh, 
like the Phantom Hourglass or like Spirit Tracks be remade as like a Switch game, I think it'd be interesting. I don't know if we'd see like another port of Twilight Princess HD or Wind Waker. I mean, they could, but I feel like they'd probably do something new before they retread another old remaster. I bet those will come to Switch eventually. I just like whenever they feel like they need something to fill that gap, like you have them on the back burner, right? Like, Add Funky Kong to it. Just put that thing out in the middle of April or March. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I would love that. <laughs> uh, I I think we we I think we mentioned this on the show last week, but I would love to see them do a remaster of the Oracle of Ages and Seasons in the style of Link's Awakening. Then on the GTA thing, um, I mean, I've heard of the rumor, but I, we, I, as far as I'm aware, unless Pixel's holding something close to his chest, there's nothing that we know right now that confirms or denies that rumor. I would be I've, so not excited for that, to be honest. I've never heard of this rumor. I mean, just port the, the iOS and Android version to Switch, you know, make it up res in there, call it a day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool. I mean, obviously, there's a huge GTA fan base out there, like Rockstar's games uh translated pretty well to switch last time i'm sure that would be successful yeah i'm surprised they haven't put out those uh those mobile game ports onto switch yet i mean they're pretty much there like bioshock is on ios why isn't that on switch yeah right yeah and that oh, jesus i would love to have bioshock on switch that would be awesome i need a reason to go back and play it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, okay, so this next one comes from Asobi, uh, who is another regular uh, writer in of the, writer into the show. <laughs> Do you think that Nintendo will counter the release of the PS5 and Xbox Scarlet with the release of a Switch Pro, or will they just ignore it and do it later at some point? Hmm. I think that's a good question. I don't. I don't think they have to. Personally, what do you guys? think? I definitely don't think they have to. Um, I think Nintendo. I mean, particularly with the Switch, right, is showing that, like, they don't need to... They don't need to play the same game as their competitors, right? Like, they appeal to a different kind of gamer, they hit a different market, um, and I don't I don't think that the release of the PS5 or the Xbox Scarlet is going to do too much to hurt that, you know? Um, but I think that when you think about how Nintendo really likes to target holiday season with these great bundles and you know they usually have something for black friday you would think that they would want to have something to make the switch still look like an appealing thing to pick up during the holiday season when there are brand shiny new consoles on the market yeah i think you're right and i think you hit the nail on the head you know a little bit of a price drop or what they will most likely do pack in a game and charge 300 you know or 200 uh, for Switch Lite and just basically make the game free. Yeah, so I, I think I think there's a good chance we might see something like that, but I don't know that it's necessarily because those new consoles are coming out or just because it's the time to do it as well, you know? Like, they're clearly on that path right now of they did their first upgrade, they released the first new model... You have to imagine a price cut's going to come at some point, and then we'll get the upgraded version. This is like the cycle they do handhelds on. Yeah, I mean, I would. My guess would be that they, regardless of the next generation consoles on Sony and Microsoft, they would put it out around this time, September ish or August. That seems to be the trend because I forgot if it was the DSi or the DSi XL, but they like said, "Hey, no, no new DS is coming out," and then like two weeks later, they showed off a new DS. I forgot which version it was. If it was 3DS or or the DSi, but they they usually come out around this time. 
So my guess would be post E3 release some sort of more powerful version that comes out in September or August. Not really to compete with Microsoft or Sony, but just to have the next thing there. Yeah, and then maybe they have a port of some big game, you know, like in the same way that it's like, how did they get The Witcher to run on Switch? Well, they could be like, oh, well, with the power of Switch Pro, we got this game running or whatever. Like, who knows? I think I think that narrative makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that if they were to release a Switch Pro, that uh, personally, I if I had to make a guess, they would continue with the type of like hybrid um, thing moving forward? Do you guys think that a release of a Switch Pro would kind of make a Switch 2, so to speak, kind of like moot just because we already have a more powerful? Or do you think it would be like a PS4 Pro versus PS5 type of thing? That's more what I'm thinking okay. is that like the Switch Pro is more akin to like a PS4 Pro or or to the point that Luis just made like a DSi or the new 3DS. Like, you know, it's just the next version that's got a little bit better processor. Maybe it has more internal memory, like, you know, quality of life kind of fixes rather than like it being a real next step towards the next generation. Because I think like that's obviously a proven model for Nintendo and now it's a proven model for home consoles. The PS4 Pro and um, Xbox One X were both pretty successful. Yeah, I see it like either as a DSi or a new 3DS where it is back compat with everything. Uh, same sort of design structure, but maybe it has a few exclusives that you can only play on this new higher-end model, but it can play all your old stuff. And I would guess it's not like a significant change with the hardware. Like maybe the display is 1080p and like a slightly better CPU or yeah. GPU. But my guess would actually be that they put something in a new dock because they have that whole, like the system itself is already capable of plugging in through USB-C, like an external GPU, like the infrastructure is there. They just don't do it. So like in, in the future, if they put out like a pro model with a newer dock and that dock actually has like some heft to it and it has like a GPU in there that gives it that extra fidelity. Maybe you're playing your games at 1440p, something around there, but something that isn't just the console itself being updated, but maybe also like the dock. Yeah, I think yeah. that's definitely viable. Here's here's another question that I would have, and again, like I don't really know much about the competition, um, hmm. but do you think that if they were to do something like that, it would be tough to? And it seems like Microsoft and Sony manage it well, but do you think it would be tough to balance? the type of ecosystem where you have this more powerful unit devs then as a result cater more towards that unit it might be easier to develop for and then the regular switch ends up kind of getting either crappy quote-unquote ports of the game or you know no games at all if this pro unit had exclusive games like the uh, new 3ds Hmm. I i think you're far more likely to see the like the same result as the new 3ds where there are not a significant number of exclusive games because if you do that you cut off all the other install base of the switch right and like developers want to maximize you know dollar returns um and i think especially with the way that like game development is moving where like it's increasingly like you need to optimize a game for multiple SKUs. um i i don't i feel like that becomes less and less like problematic over time you know like Mm. we didn't see that like i think that was a huge concern people had with the announcement of the ps4 pro and the xbox one x and it's not an issue 
Like, sure, Red Dead Redemption 2 or Spider-Man, whatever, ran worse on my base PS4, but they still ran. Was there that much of a backlash with the new 3DS? Like, off the top of my head, what, Xenoblade was exclusive, and that's... <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. there are was three games, I think. It's Xenoblade, Minecraft, and one other thing. Yeah, like, I, like off the top of my head, like, what, like, maybe if, like, a really low-tier version of Cyberpunk came to Switch, that would be, like, a game that would need it, but, like, I don't see anyone outside of maybe AAA developers really being like, hey, this version of our game only comes to this version of the Switch. And that's like only considering if it's just unplayable on the original Switch. So that's actually a great segue into Asobi's bonus question. Uh, Mm -hmm. What effects will the launch of the next-gen consoles have on the Switch? I think the biggest effect will be the third-party support since the Switch will be uh, even more behind than it already is in hardware with the gigantic CPU upgrade that the next-gen consoles are getting. The Switch's CPU probably won't be able to perform core mechanics of a lot of games with higher CPU usage than uh, that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Right. So I think that that's probably a realistic concern. However, I think that when you look at the Switch's library, like, I don't believe that ports of AAA games are the thing that sells the Switch. Like, yeah, it's cool that Doom and The Witcher and some of those other experiences are available on Switch, but I don't think... I don't think most people are buying their Switch for that reason, right? Like, you're getting it for Nintendo exclusives, you're getting it to play indies, and I'm sure you'll still see the odd third-party game that's, like, a Mario Rabbit situation where they partner with a developer with a, a publisher um, or a AAA developer to, you know, make an exclusive switch game because the switch's install base is already really good. Mm-hmm. And you got to imagine it's going to continue to be better. And especially when the PS five and Xbox Scarlet or whatever it ends up being called are like new consoles on the block, their install base is going to be poor and early games are going to sell poorly. So, Targeting the Switch, which already has this great install base, you know, is something that could actually be more financially viable, at least for the short term. Exactly. Um, I guess I would say it seems I, I would look at it as the third party developers seem more beneficial than Nintendo does. Because like Nintendo's already selling consoles regardless. No one's going like, oh, I gotta buy a three hundred dollar switch because Doom is on it. Or because Skyrim is on it. Right. It's more that, like, you can play that game on your Switch. And so, yeah, I'll drop another $60 to play this $20 game right now. I think it's more beneficial for the developer than it is Nintendo. And for Nintendo, it's just like, hey, you know, we know you're buying Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, but you can also play Doom now. And it's just like gloating rights, I guess, at this point. But not necessarily like a self-factor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree there. I think that's fair to say. Uh, very rarely have we seen, like... Um, drops at the same time, like on all platforms, you know, like we're not going to get like a Call of Duty, you know, like the newest Call of Duty dropping on all three platforms at the same time. We don't really see that. We kind of see like, oh, here's The Witcher, a game that's been out for, uh, you know, a long time. Oh, here's this, here's that. So, you know, I I feel like we don't really have to worry about, hey, are things going to come? It's like, oh, they might, you know, we might see games that are three four years old but they're gonna come and people seem to be okay with that you know i mean like mortal kombat 11 off the top of my head was the last big one yeah Mm -hmm. yeah which was cool to see it is cool to see that because we really don't see that yeah all right so uh has one more bonus question for us um which we'll we'll keep it tight so that we can get into the news here uh what are new game plus (laughs) yeah (laughs) what are your game of the year so far and do you think that any of the upcoming games might be able to dethrone your current game of the year 
Uh, for me, that's an easy answer. It's Fire Emblem for sure. Uh, it's the game I spent the most time with, and like it's the most obsessed I've been with a game in a in a quite some time. You know, uh, where I couldn't put it down when I wasn't playing and I was thinking about it. And the only game I think that might be able to compete with it is uh, Outer Worlds. I'm super interested in that one. Uh, Obsidian getting back to the like very very open RPG is obviously very appealing. Um, so we'll see how that one goes. I was to say that's like a triple release now. That's also PS4, Xbox One, Switch day one. Forgot about no, that. Switch is later. Really? Oh. Yeah. 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 And I oh. thought you were gonna take my theory and just throw it out the window, Louise. So I was like, man, I shouldn't have said that crap. <laughs> I completely forgot. About, I forgot that was coming to Switch too. I played it like a month ago, but I played it on PC. Yeah, we do see that a lot too, where it's like, oh, the week after or the month after, the Switch will get it, which you can. Or even like Doom Eternal's like that, right? Yeah. Like it's gonna come to Switch later. That just makes me sad. That just means I have to review, review it twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so uh, we do have a couple other questions here that we'll get to next week. No, wait, hold on. What, what was DJ's uh, game of the year? I don't think we, you mentioned. Oh, it. right. Sorry. Yeah. Wow, man, that's messed up. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just railroading you. Sorry, man. No, that's cool. I'll, I'll be quick. Um, Mario Maker Two. It just, it has to be Mario Maker Two. I was so hyped, like seeing the direct where it was announced, and just wishing that game would come. And it's, when I saw it, and I th- was it like the first? I think it was like the first thing that we saw at, in that direct. And I was like, all right, that's slopes. it. Slopes. Yeah, slopes, pretty much. Yeah, that's, that's, yep. Mine is, uh, mine is tied between, I feel like this is a weird trio. Mine is tied between Fire Emblem, Control, and Sayonara Wildlands. Interesting. That is quite a collection. Yeah, there's a, I play a lot of different games. All right, so let me ask you this. Which house were you? Uh, was the Eagles? Uh, the Red Oh, one. Black Eagles? Black, yeah. No! We got a villain. <laughs> <laughs> I never finished uh, it, so I don't know. Do not deny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving along into the news, we're going to kick things off with a little bit of Pokemon news. And uh, despite it being a 24-hour event, we're going to keep this conversation much shorter. Uh, so we talked about this last week in the, uh, like, out this week. We kind of teased that Pokemon had this big 24-hour event planned. Uh, if you guys are, you know, Cerebi followers, you saw Joe Merrick pulling his hair out for 24 hours trying <laughs> to keep up with this thing. And uh, when all was said and done, we got the official reveal of Galarian Ponyta, which uh, is, I, I got to say, man, they are knocking it out of the park with the designs this generation. I, I'm really into this design. What's initial reactions to it from you guys? I would say this: these designs are making me want to remember the new Pokemon's names. I feel like that speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to ask you, Luis, are you are you a big Pokemon guy? Or I play them. I play every release because I have to. But uh-huh. I mean, after a few months go by, I, like the names, I start to lose track of them. I feel like <laughs> I'll actually remember them this time. I'm really excited just to get my hands on uh, Sword and Shield just because I feel like a lot of the customization things I'm really into, like the character customization, how you can not just change your clothing, but like completely change the look of your character. Yeah, I, like I, that feels like a thing that's long overdue for Pokemon, like, which is like a, a – it's so cool because it's so easy to kind of like reflect your identity and the party that you use and how you like to play and all those sorts of things. So like finally getting that character customization is nice. No, exactly. Yeah, and Galarian Ponyta just looks, like, super adorable. And I was actually thinking about this earlier. And I was like, okay, if a different franchise... 
you know, some sort of like uh, monster collectathon, you know, collect game, um, released a monster that looked like Galarian Ponyta, I'd be like, no, absolutely not. But because I, you know, I have like 20 <laughs> years of nostalgia with Pokemon, I look at Galarian Ponyta and I'm like, yes. <laughs> see, I'm I'm a soft boy. I see this and I'm like, yes, I would like this pretty pretty unicorn in my party. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah. It has cotton candy manes. You, this thing's adorable. Now you, just got, you gotta wonder what this evolution looks like. I was yeah, I was I'm gonna say the so same thing. Excited to I, I I'm like hoping it's a Pegasus. Yeah. I really hope it's <laughs> like psychic flying. That would be awesome. Yeah, we we gotta like kinda like tamper the expectations down a little bit because some people might not know that it's uh shield exclusive. Yeah. But it's easy to, it's easy to find somebody to trade with. So it's not a big deal. And if it's if it's not easy to find someone to trade with, you just go join our Discord. We're going to have a Pokémon channel for trades. <laughs> plug plug plug. I usually I usually get a review copy of each version and I'll usually give the other version I don't want to a friend because I don't really need both versions. Uh and this year my friend was like, "I really want a sword because the mascot was cool." I'm like, oh, "Whatever, I'll take the I'll take the dumber version. I'll take the shield version." He heard the news <laughs> of Ponita t- being shield only. He was like, "Uh can I can I get a shield? I'm sorry. Like, oh, you can have you can have you can sword. You can have sword. I'll take shield. And I, I bet there's gonna be something that's gonna like make it switch again. Like, oh, now I want sword again. Now I want shield. It's gonna be a very fun November. <laughs> yeah, it, it is really exciting just to kind of and, and see how little we know still about the games is just super super exciting. I've never been this hyped for a Pokemon game since Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I. uh... It's funny because I I wouldn't say that I'm like necessarily hype, even though I'm a huge Pokemon fan. Um, just because like we do know so little, which is like exciting. But like I'm trying to like not hype myself up too much because I ha- I definitely did that with Sun and Moon, where I'm like they're changing everything, they're gonna fix all the problems, and they definitely didn't. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair to say. And you know I'm trying to like you know keep my expectations in check. But yeah. it's hard not to be excited. And I was so not excited about Sun and Moon just because I remember the E3, I think it was before it came out. So it was like uh, June and then it came out that November or whatever. Um, they basically like showed the entire game. And I was like, OK, well, I don't have a reason to play it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they definitely they definitely gave us like a video almost every week. It felt like mm-hmm. on the Pokemon Twitter for Sun and Moon. And now it's like we're like radio silence for most of the time, which is definitely cool uh so just a couple other little interesting tidbits here there was an alternate piece of artwork with ponyta uh that showed it with like slightly different coloring like it looks like it's got this kind of like gold wave going through its mane and coming out of its horn its horns glowing so you know um i'm wondering if that's maybe just it using psychic abilities because it is a psychic type uh but the other thing that was interesting is it has an ability called pastel veil which um is a present prevents itself and its allies from being poisoned and heals ally pokemon of poison when they switch in just keeps getting cuter (laughs) yeah Yeah, it does it makes it cute and competitively viable (laughs) yeah potentially right i mean that's like you know if you like especially if you like encounter someone who's like trying to set up toxic spikes or something that's like hard counter (laughs) we need to have a, a pokemon podcast pete Yo, just don't note. even play. Let's do I it. I would do it, man. We could go. We could go hours. I'm in. <laughs> anyway, I'm in. I'm already in. We're at like 
we have a meeting scheduled right after this podcast. And we'll, and we'll bring Luis, too. And we'll say, hey, man, even though you're, you're not the biggest Pokemon <laughs> fan, just come on by. I'll, I'll, I'll do some research. <laughs> Founding member, let's go. <laughs> All right, so moving right along, uh, Doom Eternal is getting delayed. And uh, if you were hoping that that means that we were going to get a simultaneous release, it uh, is not the case because the Switch version is getting Push back even further. Everyone's trying to prove DJ right today. <laughs> yeah, right? There you go. Keeping the theory alive. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, they did have a few other little bits of information, if you were excited about Doom Eternal, that I did want to update you about. Uh, they have announced an invasion mode, which will allow you to enter another player's game as a playable demon, uh, which will come as a free update shortly after the launch. Um, we also have Doom 64, which we knew was already coming to multiple platforms, um, but now it's actually a pre-order bonus for Doom Eternal, so um, you'll be able to get it for free as long as you pre-order the game, and it's going to be releasing on uh, March 20th alongside the actual you know, new release of Doom Eternal on all the other platforms. So if you're a Switch person that was dying to play Doom Eternal on Switch, you'll be able to get Doom 64 as a free kind of like thing to tide you over. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's nice. Um Man, on Animal Crossing Day, that's tough. I know. The thing is, I feel like those are two games you could totally pick up together and, like, <laughs> you know, because you're not, like, Animal Crossing isn't the kind of game that you play for, like, hours and hours a day. Eventually, you're going to hit a point where you're like, all right, like, I did all my chores, like, got to wait till tomorrow. What do you mean, Pete? Pop and Doom. I'm going to be playing five, <laughs> ten hours a day. Come on, man. My town's going to be <laughs> shut. Is there another big game that month, too? Like, because I'm trying to think of, like, monthly releases. And since I cover everything, I'm thinking, like, Last of Us 2, February. Something else is in March. I can't uh, remember. Final Fantasy VII Remake is that month? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what it was. Final Fantasy VII. And then the <laughs> wow. next month is Cyberpunk, I think, in April, right? Watch Dogs is in March, too, as well. Oh, I forgot about Watch Dogs, let me be honest. <laughs> and, oh, there's... Just saying, there's a lot of AAA games coming out right in that window. Yeah, I'm getting a little sweaty now thinking about them. I'm all right. Yeah, you're going to have fun, man. <laughs> you're you like, oh prepare. my god, I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> uh, it's a little frustrating. Like, I don't mind if a game gets delayed. You know, like, I'd rather them have to take the time that they need, not have to crunch all that stuff, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, like, at first, I was like, oh, March seems like a perfect time for that game. Like, it's usually a little quieter. It'll have a little more room to breathe. And now I'm like, this is like the most stacked like early winter I've ever seen. Why yeah. like why move it there? It was like twenty seventeen all over again. Well, yeah, I remember it's like crazy. I was reviewing Breath of the Wild and then like this at the same time, uh was it Horizon Zero Dawn came out. So yeah, like, it was two big open week. world games. It's like okay. Uh but my biggest concern though is that I remember reading the headline. I was walking home from work and it was like Doom delayed to twenty twenty. I was like, oh it's probably like oh, in January or something. And then it's on March. I was like that makes me think this is like a really big issue going on with this game that like just came out of nowhere because we're pretty close to the release date at this point. It was like November and then just to delay it, what, four or five months? It seems like a like something big must have happened. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's not at least partly motivated by like there being some like remaining bugs that they need to squash. And mm. considering that the last two games they put out were Wolfenstein... Um, what was it? Young Blood. The name of it. Yeah, Young Blood or New Blood. New Blood. Um, at, New Blood. Uh, and then um, before that was Fallout seventy six. They need a win. They need a win. Yeah, neither of those games really lit the world on fire and had plenty of issue. Well, Wolfenstein not quite as much, but go play Doom one through three. See, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like with Doom, like Doom is it's previewed really well. I think 
it's definitely going to be a good game, and I bet they really just want to take the time and make sure they get it exactly right because they really could use a win right now. Yeah, I mean, when we don't know when the next Star Challenge is coming out, so like this is all they have pretty much for a while. They really need this win. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so best of luck to uh to Ed and Bethesda. Hope it works out. I'm certainly looking forward to Doom. Have fun with Doom sixty four until then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So yeah, go get those pre-orders in and get your free copy of Doom 64. All right, so uh, moving right along, we got um, a bunch of new story footage from Luigi's Mansion 3, uh, which, you know, at this point, it's kind of like, I feel like you know what you're getting here. We know the story, basically, so there's not too much new here, but I did want to talk about it a little bit just because, Luis, you actually got uh, to take a trip and go play the game at Nintendo. Yeah. So do you want to give us some of your impressions? Like, what are you thinking of the game so far? Where are your hype levels at? Um, I'm pretty excited for it. I feel like it is a combination of Luigi's Mansion 1 and 2, where 1 was very, I guess, not as... How can I say... You know, the mansion is very small in comparison to Dark Moon, but the themes really made that game interesting and fun, where Dark Moon was all about, like, height. There's so many levels to do, but then they're all confined in separate sections, and there's no real theme to the bosses. So it feels like this is somewhere in the middle ground, where you have, like, a lot of structure, a lot of sandbox open world area stuff, but it's all thematic, and the bosses are really interesting, because they're not just like, hey, this is a ghost and another ghost, but this is, like, a pirate ghost and this is a different type of ghost like there's there's more personality and i think luigi's mansion or just luigi in general is like the brother with personality so i think that's something that was missing in dark moon that we're back with three so uh you said that you got to play the section that we see in this new story trailer where there's like all the vines and everything like that yeah so i played right? that and then at e3 i played something with like a castle or like a medieval theme okay so those are the two levels i played so far so how how did those like sections of the game play into what you were just talking about? Like, did you feel like there was a good like through line of those themes? Like, did it feel like the environments and the enemies kind of were like meeting each of the like what you'd expect to find in that kind of level? Yeah, I, I would say it still follows that linear structure of a Luigi's Mansion level, but it's okay. still heavy exploration. Uh, the recent demo I played was the Vine one, and that played with uh, I was I was playing with another Nintendo Treehouse person, so he was Luigi. And uh, it was more focusing more on sort of like the co-op dynamic and using each other to do more exploration. So there was like flowers that would open up if you flash a light at them. And there's one flower at the very top of a bed that you can't reach unless you're with Luigi to help you get up there. So things of that nature, sort of like helping each other out to further explore parts you wouldn't think were possible to reach, but they are. So with that in mind, do you like really feel like the game is built to be played with two people or like do you think that those sections will be as fun solo? I think uh because you can play it solo technically if you just you would I think you just have to switch between Luigi and Luigi as a solo person. Right. But I think they're sort of mechanically there so if you do have a friend to play with you can do that. But uh if, you know, if you're solo in your room then you can play this completely as well too. Now, cool. I am curious your thoughts, and it might be tough to like give judgment based off of you know a little bit of what you played. Mm. Um, this is actually going to be my first Luigi's Mansion game. So I'm curious, mm. do you think mechanically or whatever you've seen uh, makes this a good entry point to Luigi's Mansion? Yeah, I think so. I think it, it kind of mixes the best of the last two. I feel like the first one was a really good introduction to it. Uh, mm. 
and there's features in the second one that make or that feel like an evolution of the first one but just don't have that like personality that i think the first one really encompassed and so i think three I, if i would say three kind of combines like the story charm and personality of the first one with a lot of the gameplay improvements of the second one cool that's good to hear uh, that's what i want to hear yeah, yeah. That sounds great. And I mean, you don't have to worry about stories, so you're completely fine on that part. Good. Okay. Yeah. I don't have to go back and, and play the trilogy or, you know, the other two to complete the trilogy. Exactly. Like, what, what are EGAD's motivations? <laughs> All I know is he has a sweet theme song beat. That's it. <laughs> I, I will say, I love the way EGAD talks. It's like, it's so <laughs> like vivid in my, in my head. I love the way he talks. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I, me too. I, uh, I hope it comes together. All right, so uh, last item on the news list this week is uh, a little PSA for you. Uh, Nintendo has announced they will refund any Joy-Con drift, drift repair that you had to pay for in the past. So if you ever paid to get Joy-Con drift fixed, you can go and, um, like, you can just head and, uh, like, send in the thing. You'll get a refund. So if you went and paid that money, make sure you get it back. Uh, you can get it from the Nintendo support number, which is available on their website, but in case you want it right now, it's 1-800-255-3700. Just go get your N64 cartridge. Look in the back. It's the one with Mario <laughs> the with the wrench. <laughs> Same number. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving along out this week, on Friday, October 11th, we have Killer Queen Black coming to Nintendo Switch, which is awesome. Uh, this game is a, a ton of fun. Um, it was, if you guys aren't familiar with it, it originally... Uh, debuted as an arcade game mm. and it's um like a big multiplayer situation where there are there's basically like there's all these different ways that you can win right like there is like a snail that's like going up across the screen and like if it reaches one side like that's one way to end the game um and like there's all these other ones i haven't played the game in, in a, a couple years because obviously it's not easy to find a machine um but it is a blast, and I was super, super excited when they announced that it was coming to consoles, uh, albeit a little bit modified. Um, and I think it's going to be right at home on Switch. It's like, only it's, twenty uh, bucks too, a... so it doesn't seem like too much of a like an asking price if you want to just jump in and try it. No, yeah, yeah, totally reasonable. Um, yeah, for for what a fun game it is too. I think it's definitely worth your money. Like, I think it's one of the best. Um, like arcadey competitive experiences that I've ever had, and I've only played it a handful of times. So I definitely recommend checking this one out. Um, I'll definitely have my thoughts on it uh, either next week or the week after, depending on how how my schedule is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and if I can find people to play, because it's definitely a game you want to like get all your friends in front of the TV and play together. You know, that's true. Uh, so then Tuesday, October 15th, we've got uh, two of those CRPGs that are being published on Switch, um, Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Editions, and then Planescape Torment and Icewind Dale Enhanced Editions. So I guess technically four games, two collections. Um, so we've talked a bunch about these CRPGs. You know, they're those like old school isometric top-down computer RPGs that uh, you know were a huge hit back in the day. Um, so if you're familiar with them... We've talked about them enough on the show already, so uh, pick them up this week and let us know what you think. I know Steve was planning on getting at least one of them, so we'll probably have some takes on it next week. Uh, also out that day, we've got Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Complete Edition, Overwatch, and Little Town Hero. So goddamn, is that a stack day for Nintendo Switch owners, man? <sighs> Yeah, are you guys gonna pick up? Um, well, I guess Luis, you you know you're kind of obligated to at this point, right? Um, <laughs> but but are you gonna you gonna spend any time with like I guess particularly Overwatch just because of its like online 
um, you know, catered to online functionality? Uh, I think I'll be playing Overwatch in Witcher 3. I'm going to be honest, I had no idea Little Tongue Hero was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame because I, I thought the same thing. But uh, I, I thought it was going to be a lot uh, more hyped up than, than it is, which is disappointing. But yeah. anyway. I'm curious to see who takes the lead between Witcher 3 and Overwatch uh, on Tuesday. Because I, I imagine that most people are going to be split between the two. Uh, I'm not too into the competitive scene with Overwatch. I don't know how... Uh, I, just, I mean, the, the whole Blizzard situation right now isn't too hot right now, so I'm curious to see how people react yeah. to Overwatch. Uh, yeah. I, I honestly like really bad timing on that one. Yeah, I'm sure that's, that's, that's I'm true. sure this game sales would have been higher if it wasn't for that controversy. My, my guess would, would have been that it's coming to Switch and then at BlizzCon they'd be like, hey, it's crossplay and you can like migrate your account over. And I feel like that would have been big news, but I mean, who knows what happens now. Good point. Um, what about, uh, are you going to pick up Little Town Hero and, and I guess give it the, the time of day as much as, you know, outside of, you know, for your review, I'm assuming? Uh, I don't know. I haven't, I literally haven't had anyone ask me to review this, so I'm not too sure. Oh, unless like, okay. unless, unless like Nintendo reaches out and is like, hey, we have a review code. Do you want it? I'm like, oh, okay, I guess. I guess the better question would be, are you hyped at all? <laughs> not so much. I, I saw the like, direct gameplay and it kind of looked a bit it looked a bit rough, like in terms of like the performance aspect. Not so much like the mechanics wise. The mechanics just seems like a fine uh, RPG, but it's more like the performance wise that concerns me with uh, it coming to Switch. It seems like I I would have thought that Game Freak would have polished up their games by now, especially with like how the 3DS recent Pokemon games ran. Like I guess they were they had a few frame rate issues if you did like a double bo- a double battle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so seeing those performance hiccups on their new Switch games, it kind of concerns me a bit. It makes me a little bit worried for Sword and Shield, but I feel like they'd probably smooth things out by then, hopefully. I'm, like, really disappointed with how they've handled this game. Like, when they first announced it, it really seemed like it was, like, a big deal. Like, it was like, oh, man, like, Game Freak's making a new, like, $60 AAA RPG. And then, like, we find out that it's, like, a $20 game or a $25 game or whatever, which is great, but... Like, it's coming out within a month of Pokemon, and, like, I feel like there's very little fanfare around it right now. I don't feel like Nintendo's doing a great job of hyping it up, and I am, like, a little worried about this one, if I'm being honest. I think it's going to go completely under the radar. I feel like it needed a demo, like, two weeks ago or something. Something just to get people to know it exists. Yeah. I mean, we saw it at the Direct recently, but I don't think anyone really bat an eye to it. Or, like, I don't know if they put it out. I mean, like, and granted, if it wasn't ready, it wasn't ready, but, like, in the summer or, like sometime next year like i don't know it just feels like a really crowded year to put out a game that you're not really going to push when you know the same developers number one franchise is out a month it just i don't know i I feel like nintendo doesn't have a ton of confidence in this game i mean they're putting it out with overwatch and witcher so they're kind of sending it out to die yeah that's that's tough yeah i i really wanted game freak to kind of have the ability to distance themselves from pokemon especially with how people reacted to Sword and Shield and kind of still are. Not as much, um, but yeah, it was just it's just disappointing to see because Little Town Heroes not really getting the time of day. People are still mad at Sword and Shield, and it's just like, ugh, they cannot win. Um, and I'm not saying they're, you know, totally innocent in that, but, you know, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, this game, for all I know, this game might be yeah. fantastic. I haven't, I haven't played it myself, but, like, just based on... My impressions of watching the gameplay. I'm not too into yeah. it. I'm still going to pick it up. Um, so I will I will hit you with those hot takes. <laughs> uh, I'll look out on Twitter in the next episode of the podcast. Perfect. 
All right, so moving along to our main topic this week, we are going to be doing a little review of the Switch Lite. You two gentlemen have had your hands on the Switch Lite for a bit. Luis, you already have a uh, review up on your YouTube channel, which, plug that again. Uh, YouTube.com slash Luis L-U-I-S-G-B-N. So, uh, let's just spoil your video right now. Uh, what, what, is, what is your take <laughs> on the, the, the Switch Lite? I love it and hate it. I love it because it's so much better feeling than the original Switch. I hate it because it doesn't dock and I can't record it, and that makes my job really painful. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think ergonomically, it's like the best Switch to get right now. It's a great little device. If you don't own a Switch, then I think you should pick this one up if you plan on only playing handheld mode. Uh, if you have a 3DS right now, and you're like, I really want to replace this for a Switch, but I don't really see myself docking it, then get the Switch Lite. Just save $100, put that towards like Odyssey or Breath of the Wild or something. Go or both. They're both. Play some games. Get that, uh, what was it, that Switch coupon thing where you buy two, get one free if you oh, buy the uh, V-Shop. game voucher. Yeah, get, get a game voucher. Go get Zelda and Mario, and then get Pokemon for free. So, DJ, what are your initial impressions so far? Yeah, so I would be curious to see, like, Luis's use case particularly, which is kind of tough based on, you know, what you do on YouTube and everything. But the mm. way I use it, um, so just a little, like, uh, preface. My launch switch has, like, just been beat up. Um, the handheld experience just kind of deteriorated over time, and I wanted something that was, um, I was going to replace it mm. uh, even before the Switch Lite came out. Just sort of like the same circumstances. I had to replace my original Switch, and that's yeah. also part of the reason why I got mine. Exactly. Yeah. And so I basically took the Joy-Cons off my launch switch, put in the dock, and I'm leaving it there. And mm. my Switch Lite is now... Because I play games mainly in handheld anyway. It's super, super comfortable. Um, and if I want to play something docked, I have my launch switch in the dock ready to go. And that's kind of like my uh, workflow, if you will where my Switch Lite is my primary switch, and then the launch switch is the secondary switch. It's always connected to the internet, so I don't have to worry about, you know, because that's kind of how it works. Mm. Your secondary switch kind of, like, checks on the internet, makes sure you can, quote-unquote, play the game. That's literally what yeah. it says, checking if this game can be played or whatever. Um, and that's just kind of how I use it. But uh, I do have to recommend getting one of those, and I guess you could get one for the regular switch, too. I got like a switch light, one of those grips. I'll hold it up here, even though you know the viewers can't see it. Um, mm. That makes it even better. So I, you know, it's it's just been super super comfortable to hold, and um, just way better. The D pad's great. Like that's a great addition, and overall really really good. Uh, great price for it. Can you guys compare the D pad to any other Nintendo D pads? Mm. It's way softer than like the Pro controller. Mm. Um, at least like the um, anything. Actually, I don't think we had anything else after the Smash One, right? So I, I think so. I don't think so. So from the Smash One, you know, back to the original one, the D pad um, is it's just kind of like firm, right? Um, it's mm. it's yeah. very soft on the Switch Lite. It's, it actually feels really nice. That's like my one big pain point with the Switch is that the D pad is like there's no good D pad solution unless you buy a third party controller. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's as good as something like as like an NES controller or a Super Nintendo, but I feel like it's a good middle ground between like it's better than what you have right now, but it's not as good as like the best. Okay, so let me ask you guys this question, and it might be hard to answer considering this wasn't your situation, but given that you guys both had to replace 
an existing switch or had a desire to replace an existing switch. Mm. Do you think that you would, or let me rephrase the question. Do you feel as though it's worth it for someone who's not in that situation? Like if you already have a switch and you like, it's in fine shape, right? And you want to have that home unit that you can dock for smash or Mario Kart or whatever. Is it worth it to buy a switch light as like your secondary slash primary system to use in handheld mode is the experience that much better i personally would say no unless like you only really see yourself playing on the go uh because i feel like there's a trade-off there you're saving a hundred dollars but i mean then you can't dock the system there's like so much you're giving up to like the rumble uh for example uh and to some people that extra hundred dollars maybe is worth being able to play this in the dock or something um and then if you plan on keeping both your switches, while, while yes, like you can uh, have a primary and a secondary switch, the thing that really turns me off is not being able to play multiple games under the same account. So I mentioned this in my review, but if I buy Odyssey and Mario Kart on my one account and I have two switches, if I give one of my switches to my girlfriend to play Mario Kart and I want to play Odyssey on the same account on a different switch, it won't let me. And I'm assuming that's just because Nintendo Switch Online can't be like, hey, Luis is playing this game and this game at the same time. Uh, but even if you have like multiple accounts, and even if, let's say, like Luis A owns Odyssey on this Switch, and Luis B on that same Switch wants to play that game, even though the account is on there, it won't let you play. It has to be the exact same account that bought it. Mm, that is frustrating. Yeah, yeah the, and, and that's actually probably a use case that's pretty common. Um, I guess I lucked out to the point where I don't have to really worry about that. I was going to say, because I had a PS4 and a PS4 Pro for a while, and I was able to, or let's say if I bought a piece of software digitally on one account, if another account was on that console, as long as that main account that purchased it was still on that console, I could play that game on a second uh, second account on that same console. And that's what you can't do on Switch. That's the thing that kind of bumps me out. I understand not being able to play one game on two separate systems at the same time, but I don't understand playing two separate games on two different systems that are the same account. Yeah, that seems like a little bit, like, I don't know, like, needlessly cumbersome. Mm -hmm. Like, I get, like you said, not wanting to let you basically have two Switches play off one license. But if you're playing two different games, like, what difference does it make? Exactly. Uh, like I said, the only thing I see it being a problem is, like, hey, if you look me up online, it says I'm playing Mario Kart and I'm playing Odyssey, and that's, like, oh, error. But other than that, I don't like Your Switch is now bricked. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you guys this question. So what – um, given given that, that thought, right, like, you both now have a Switch Lite that you want to use as your primary Switch, mm. but, like – DJ, in your case, you have your old Switch as your home console version, right? And Luis, you have it for, you know, yeah. capture. Yeah, pretty much. But I have, the, I have a similar situation with him where I just keep the original one, like, either docked or at home. And I just take the light on the go. So now, how do you think, and this is probably more a question for you, Luis, how do you think that's going to affect the way that you play Pokemon and Animal Crossing, considering that you can't move your save between those two units? Uh, oh, that is true. I did not think about that. I guess I will have to check if games let me do cloud saves or not. Because up until now, I haven't, like, every game I've reviewed since I got my light, I've been able to transfer seamlessly. I just go to the options of the game and download my save, and I'm good. It takes me, like, 30 seconds, and I'm set. With Pokemon, like, it just means I'm going to have to forcefully play it on my original Switch because of my situation. 
And is that is that frustrating to you? I mean, I guess. I'm, uh, the way I would play the game is I would play it pretty quickly in a marathon sense for the review. But, I mean, to anyone else that, uh, like DJ, who I don't know if you're reviewing the game, but you, you'll be forced to play it on one or the other at this point. Or, I guess, you'd have to start a second save on the other Switch. Yeah, and that that could certainly be frustrating, especially I've I've played games like um, Astral Chain comes to mind, where I wanted to experience it both ways. I wanted mm. to play it docked. I played it primarily docked, but I wanted to say, okay, let me let me check this out handheld. And um, on my you know launch switch, I could certainly do that. But gosh, especially with an action game like that, it hurts to hold that switch for a long period of time. So it would be you know it would really be nice to be able to you know, bring out my Switch Lite and just have that more comfortable experience. Yeah, and I want to bring out, like, a first-world problem, because I mentioned this in my review, that there's, yeah. a difference, there's a difference of, a, like, a 0.2 pounds from the Switch to the Switch Lite, and it sounds like <laughs> a little bit, but, like, if you played the original Switch on the go, like, you notice yourself, like, yeah, you can play it anywhere, but then you, like, you start to lean on things, like, you start to, like, to find yeah. things to, mm-hmm. to lean on after a while. I've never found myself doing that with the Lite. Have you got? Have you guys ever had the problem where you're playing your Switch like in bed and like you drop it on your face or something like that? Yeah, I, I've done it. I've done it. I have done it, and I, you know, it it hurts, man. Like <laughs> it legit hurts. When I was in Tokyo last summer, they had like a thing that hooks to the bed frame, and it's like an arm. Like it would be like a modern arm, but just for yeah. the Switch, and it clamps on and it hangs over your head. Gotta yep. get one of those, oh. man. Yeah, yeah, I actually brilliant. used to have one. It broke, and and it worked great. I you you know I had my pro controller. I just had my tablet and the thing. You know, in did the, it break in while it was over your head, or how did it break? You know, I I think I just tried to screw it in too tight to clamp it down too tight, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's how. It bro- Not even an interesting story. Just you know, I was I was being an idiot pretty much. Um, yeah, but but you're right. It is kind of funny to look and say, you know what? I basically spent two hundred dollars to have a more comfortable switch that who knows I might have been able to spend twenty dollars on a grip that would make my launch switch more comfortable and also help with the deteriorating handheld functionality with like loose joy cons like it would keep them a little tighter um, so it really stems from like an interest in Nintendo hardware and gaming hardware in general um, for like a regular consumer uh, I would probably recommend like the new switch like the, um, the v2 yeah the v2 and and kind of stick with that. You get better battery life than you get on the light, mm. and yeah, it's a little bulkier. But um, and I can't say this for sure, uh, but I have a feeling if the grips are like how they work on the light, like the one I have on the light, it would probably make it a lot more comfortable to hold. Just a little bit heavier, obviously. Sure. So aside from the the docking and cloud save issues, are there any other drawbacks that you guys have found with your time with the Switch Lite, or would you generally say that you're you're preferring it? Hmm. I think I think I I prefer the Switch Lite in most regards. I was able to send like you can transfer like I transferred save data from my launch switch to my light. Um I guess you're kind of just limited to what can cloud save or whatever. Um and I just kind of like ran with it. And I'm in a very unique situation where my girlfriend also has her own switch. So I'm I'm a three switch household at this point, which you know a lot of people don't <laughs> soon have, to be four soon to be four. A lot of people don't have the means to do that, and you know it's hard for me because I'm not in that situation to say one way or the other because I have three you know freaking switches in my house. Um, but you know it's it's I cannot recommend this system enough. Um, but those drawbacks 
are just like uh it's it's more frustrating than anything right like it doesn't make me not recommend the system but it's just but like if it could dock it would be perfect it would it would absolutely be yeah. perfect and i wonder if like um th- there's like a way to to make it happen some some like hacker or something i, I don't know i i think people have already split it open and found that like the component that you need is just not there yeah you would have to hardware hack it to like instead of going to the display in the unit you'd have to like Want it to go out to the TV or something? Like it'd be it's just has, yeah, it's a bypass something. It's it's interesting. I was watching a video. Um, I forget whose video it was, but they basically said there's a lot of functionality in this port still on the Switch Lite, where you can plug controllers into it. You can plug, you know, you know what I mean. It's not just limited to charging. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like it's just frustrating, you know. Yeah, I always found it weird because I I own a, a Pixel Three A, which is pretty much all USB C. And you can't use USB C headphones with your Switch, which seems weird. Like that, you would yeah. you would think that'd be easy. Um, you can't. No, because I can use a C a USB C male to USB A female adapter and plug a USB headset in, and it works. Hmm. Great. I have a. Oh, I just have a straight up pair of USB C headphones. And those and it doesn't work. work. No, that, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. Maybe it's just the headphones. I'm not sure, but. I mean, if it really works weird. on another device and not the Switch, you know. I... Yeah. That could be just another, like, kind of functionality that was stripped just to, like, oh, okay, it's one less part we got to put in, right? Yeah. I mean, you never really know with Nintendo anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, I am so glad that you two gentlemen were on the show this week. I'm glad we got to have a little bit of a Switch Lite discussion. Uh, Luis, thank you so much again for joining us here. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Yeah, anytime, man. You're welcome back on the show anytime. <laughs> um, definitely uh, let us know next time. Uh, Next time you got a game that you're dying to chat about, uh, we'll have to have you back on. Oh, for sure. Uh, so just one more time, let everybody know where they can find you, Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash LuisGVN. That's L-U-I-S-G-V-N. And my Twitter is at Luis underscore GVN. Follow me for video game reviews. Awesome. Yeah, everybody give this, give this man a follow. He works <laughs> hard so you don't have to waste your money. Give him a follow. <laughs> He's out here in the trenches every day. You know that on Tuesday, he's got to buy like nine games, all right? Uh, I'm dreading March 20th so badly. Yes. (laughs) All right. uh, Cool. So um, before we get out of here, let me just remind you of all the ways you can support the show. Give us a like on your audio platform of choice. Head over to LewPots.com and check out all of our news and reviews. Uh, Go and give us a subscribe over on YouTube.com slash LewPots. Follow on Twitch.tv slash LewPots. Uh, go join our Discord. Visit us at patreon.com slash lootpots. Support us at that $5 level so you get access to our patron-exclusive show After Dark. Um, you know, you know how to internet and all that stuff at this point. Thank you for joining us here for another episode of the Podcast. I love you. I love you too, I guess.